I'm not a preacher, and I'm not drunk. I'm just a politician. Everybody, come out of your houses. Clarence Hillian is going to make you a super human being. This is, I believe, episode number 15 or 16. I think it's 16. 16, it's sweet. 16. Yes. Sweet 16. Well, we, we didn't properly celebrate our quinceanera last week, but we'll make up for it this time. Uh, of Crackpot Cinema, I am Mike McPadden, the author of Teen Movie Hell and Heavy Metal Movies. Uh, joining me uh, is my usual co-host. Introduce yourself, please. Aaron Lee. Comedy writer, producer for TV shows like Family Guy and Superstore and stuff like that. And we are thrilled to have an esteemed guest uh, whose name I assumed correctly how to pronounce, and he's going to say it now so we all know how to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, Brian Sauer, uh, podcaster, I guess. That's kind of what I do. Well, yeah, Rupert welcome, Pupkin. Brian. Uh, talk <laughs> yes. about you know Rupert Pupkin and your podcast, please. Uh, oh, yeah. Rupert Pupkin Speaks is my blog. It's been going for about 10 years. And 10 years? It, yeah, about, I want to say about 2009, 2010. Um, definitely influenced by Danny Perry, and I know we may talk about that in a second, but um, just a place where I like to talk about movies that I'm into and gather lists of movies and get people to contribute lists, and it's sort of become a little hub for that kind of stuff over the years. Uh, I have two podcasts. One is called Just the Discs. It's all about Blu-rays. And the other one is called Pure Cinema, and that is for the New Beverly Cinema in Los Angeles. We're aligned with them. And it's, you know, sort of, a, I guess, a cult movie show. That's kind of what it is. But I've been doing those for about three years now. Let and me see your major. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say that Rupert Pupkin site, that performs an incredible service for me, especially in this time, because I have my cool video store in, in California here that I can't go to now because of coronavirus. <laughs> and so so you have to call them with your list of titles. You put all the new cool stuff oh. on your site. And then I see what's out and then I call them and go for I put on my hazmat suit and go pick up the <laughs> the <laughs> new stupid Ed Wood Blu-ray or whatever it is I want. Oh, that's, so thank Aaron, you. I'm honored, Aaron. Yeah, that's the one thing yeah, I, I've been trying service. to do consistently is have a new release roundup of Blu-rays, the just stuff I'm excited about every week, and I've been doing that for years and years now. So I'm glad somebody's reading that. That's fantastic. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, I mean you're you were and you know you are a regular destination on the web and. Uh, Pure Cinema was an absolutely an inspiration for this show. I'm honored, was, honored to hear that. Well, thank Very you. Very kind. Now you're are you you're in Los Angeles, aren't you? Uh, adjacent, about okay. an hour and a half north. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I work in L.A. and right. So yeah, I say I'm from L.A. Right. I get it. Where yeah. are you from originally? Uh, I'm actually from just outside of Madison, Wisconsin. To be honest, I went to uh, UW. That's <laughs> where uh, tech guru Ben Riser is from. Yes, and I was seeing his email, and the I won't give his email away, but it reminded That's me. It's okay, you can. <laughs> well, just the, the whisks.edu. I was like, oh, wow, I remember that. Is that how times. you know? I Because I know that my boss, Jim Healy, uh, uh, contributes lists to your Rupert Pupkin website on a yearly basis. Is that how you know him? Through 
sort actually you know i i actually sort of got hooked up with him through pat uh i got to know pat and pat you know is a great guy great taste in movies and so once i started doing uh we can talk about later but my my danny perry documentary which i'm still working on um pat was like oh you should talk to my brother so i when i came back to madison i did an interview with jim and it was great and jim's been giving me lists for years and he's that guy's amazing (laughs) Okay, so I'm sorry I hacked into your show. I'm muting no, myself. No, no. <laughs> Anytime. Yes, there'd be no show sans Ben Riser. So, uh, so um, can I ask how – so I'll say I'm uh, 51. Aaron is 48. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and are you in our ballpark age-wise? Yeah, I'm uh, going to be, what, 46 this year in okay. a few months? Okay, a youngster. Yes. Uh, so, um, so when, how, and where did you discover Danny Peary? Um, I discovered him in college. Again, I was on the University of Wisconsin campus. I was working at a video store. Sadly, it was not four-star video. It was blockbuster video on State Street. Hmm. Um, but, you know, it was still a, an opportunity for me to see a lot of stuff I hadn't seen and I came across cult movies and maybe cult movies two and three all at the same time. And then uh, I finally found Guide for the Film Fanatic, which to me is probably my f- single favorite book ever written. I think it's one of the most incredible tomes on cult cinema, all kinds of cinema. I mean, I'm still going through it. You know, I have a tattoo of the cover of the book on my arm. And- we got to see wow. it, please. Oh, okay. oh, my God. He's not kidding. Wow. Uh, That's wow, wow. fantastic. Well, you said us a He's showing it to us socials. now. Yeah, sure. I'll send you a picture. Thank no you. Wow. But, yeah, no, I'm dedicated to the man. And great. He, he shaped, like, a lot of my taste in movies, my sort of high and low art at the same time, you know, considering everything, watching movies, even though – you know, I might not end up loving them just to see them, but like I'm, I had a whole list that I actually typed up of movies that he helped me discover, like uh, Rock and Roll High School, It's a Gift, Chilly Scenes of Winter, The Brood, Pretty Poison, Laura, The Tall T, Targets, The Wanderers, Cutter's Way, Parallax View. I mean, that's just a few that have become some of my favorite movies because of him and because of his books. So he just became this force for me, and at just the right time, because I was starting to study uh, cinema at UW, and it just kind of turned my life in this other direction, which ultimately you know, led me to move out to L.A., and so I, in some ways I credit him for the direction my life took, and maybe that's a little grandiose, but he was, was and is a huge deal to me. You've come to the right podcast, Brian. <laughs> I know I have. I You've know come you to the both. only podcast other than yours that would know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> so I discovered uh, cult movies. I was 13 years old in 1982, right when it came out Ooh. at a uh, bookstore in Park Slope. I can't remember the name in Brooklyn. Um, and I asked for it for Easter and I got it. And... Uh, that changed my life forever. I had previously been obsessed with a couple other movie books, uh, beginning with the Leonard Moulton TV Movies Guide from 1975 onward, uh, where I would go through and circle all the bomb-rated movies, which <laughs> ties in with what we're going to talk about tonight, uh-huh. and, and wait for them to come on TV. And Aaron, do you remember where you were when you discovered Cult Yes. Movie? I stole it from the public library <laughs> nice. in, uh, in Lexington, nice. Kentucky. I, 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 oh, well, I should say I checked it out and never returned it. And how could I? I was 
10 or 11 years old. And it's so funny just you you saying uh, it was the, the Leonard Malton book. The, Danny Peary was was that book with black and white naked photos yes in it. yes so it was like <laughs> I, can, I can never I, like i can never give this up it, it was yeah. completely life-changing and i I'm, i've got to credit my parents with this and I, when i say parents my mother um for like looking through the book and you know she couldn't have missed the flyer for behind the green door or the uh <laughs> very gentle uh kiss between uh emmanuel and her lady friend uh, but she gave me the book, and it was in. It was the highlight of my Easter basket that that religious season. Uh, so the other books that Aaron and I were both obsessed with, leading up to that, were the Medved book uh, books, the fifty worst films of all time, and the Golden Turkey Awards. And then later, uh, the Son of the Golden Turkey Awards. And then even later, I found the Hollywood Hall of Shame, which I think is their best book. Do you have any one. relationship with them or? Uh, I have, I want to say, Golden Turkey or Worst Movies, one of the two. I don't have both, but I'm aware of both, but I didn't know that last one that you called out. The Hollywood Hall of Shame. And then, of course, Psychotronic Encyclopedia. Film in 82 was a huge one for me. So, And this is yeah. where like my, my elder status kind of comes in, because I was out, I was going to uh, high school in Manhattan, growing up in Brooklyn, and then, you know, so I had access not just to these books but then the movies that were playing uh in the revival houses and the dumpy grind houses around the city at that point and um that changed changed my life beyond belief and i mean it's and it's still of biblical importance it's how essentially aaron and i became uh, very good friends we became friends because we both published zines in the early 90s and um had similar interests and what have you. And then once we hit on the Danny Peary thing, we were just locked. And have you made a bunch of friends through this? Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly it's been interesting making the, the film so far. I've been working on it for like nine years. It's it's Keep coming working. along. It's coming. It's coming. We actually got a new editor, and, and I'm, I'm excited. We're making more progress than we have in a while. But that being said... It's definitely one of the, I think it was Josh Olson, screenwriter Josh Olson, we interviewed, and he said something about tribe identification. It's the sure. kind of thing where, like, when you meet somebody that knows the books, it's like you're immediately connected to them. And they know, like, all that list of movies that I called out will be familiar to anybody who's read those books, and they've probably been affected by and or decided that some of those are their favorite movies, too. So it's just, it's such a neat thing, the way you connect with people through him and the books, I mean, it's incredible, you know? Okay, so we were just talking about how you and I became friends uh, through zine publishing, but became really good friends through our obsession with Danny Peary. Obsession with trying to read between the lines of his reviews and figure out any tidbits about this guy's personal life and his <laughs> obsessions. And, and, we, and really, he became like this fictional character to us who... You know, any weird little personal thing, his obsession with baseball, his... Uh, Friendship his... with uh, Zoe Tamerlis from uh, Ms. 45, <laughs> the Pinocchio <laughs> Film Society. Yes. Yeah, I mean... Haven't, they, uh, seeing, like, a Mothra or whatever it was and waking up screaming Japanese in the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. Yeah. And, of course, his reference to Susan Sarandon's beautiful chest, as you yes. brought up. <laughs> and whatever the porno movie is where he says, Little Oral Annie will shock you. <laughs> <laughs> where all we could imagine was him in the theater, like, <gasps> oh, my God. 
I mean, that was another thing. We really loved that he rev- and we were working at Hustler at this point, so we really yeah. loved that he always included porno movies in Cult Movie Stars, a guide for the film fanatic. Um, <laughs> talked about seeing them in a theater. Yeah, like, well, he had about, like, to as at I, that point. As I sat in the, yes. But we oh like to picture, I remember Aaron and I going on about this multiple times, him and Gerald, his brother, like at some screening at the Paris Theater, and then they split up, and there's like, all right, I'm heading north to Times Square. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> he had a, yeah, a, we a screening at other, to make up there. Um so you actually reached out. So I think I think Aaron, you and I finally first saw him on the E True Hollywood story of That's Russ right. Meyer. That's right. And we had never seen a picture of him at that no. point. And this was pre-Google, so you couldn't just look yeah. him up. Wow. Yeah. And he, that was he looked exciting. so different. Once I saw he had written all the sports book, I was like, I bet he's a huge fat guy. He's like watching movies, <laughs> he's watching baseball. You saw it before I did, and you called me, and you said, he's a dapper man. He's yeah, a dapper he was like this like man. slender guy with like a cool, like kind of jazz goatee, like yeah. really like just, just eloquently spoken, and he was wearing like a sharp sports coat, and uh, we were completely blown away. And then um, I was working at this little shitty theatrical newspaper, and I, I could hire, like, you know, I had to hire writers, but, like, we had no money to pay them. And I was just, I just looked in the phone book, and I saw, you know, Daniel Peary, and I, I gave him a call. And uh, <laughs> I talked to him a couple of times, and he said, well, I mean, I can't write for, it was literally, like, $5 for interviews and stuff. But he's like, but sometimes, if it comes up that I just want to interview the person, I'll keep you in mind. I mean, he was completely gracious. And one thing I said, I said, me and my friend Aaron, we're obsessed with you. Like, we want to know your opinions about pizza. And he was like, oh, I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you where the best pizza was. And it was someplace on 7th Avenue. Oh, nice. We so. talked about that. We wanted a book of just like, you know, paper clips. Yeah. Here's thoughts on <laughs> yeah. paper clips. Yeah. Uh, Crayon what's the best? What's yeah. the best color to paint a house? What You know, just anything. <laughs> like, all his opinions. Um, did you guys, you know, I met him, right? Did I? Well, I, yeah, this is what we were getting to. Okay, tell tell right, us, sorry. please. Well, We're I mean, it was, through, it was through the documentary, so it's not, it's an either, easier thing to do when you get in touch with a man and you tell him you're doing a documentary about him, and he first tries to discourage you from doing it because right. he's just that kind of guy, you know, just like, you know, doesn't, he's not, as you know, I mean, he's not the kind of guy that seems to want a lot of attention. Um, right. But once we got started and we got some people going, we, we took a trip to New York and we went and saw him, uh, I think it was at his wife's office maybe, and he took us out to lunch and it was it was amazing. We talked to him two days, two or three days where we just interviewed him straight for the documentary and it was amazing. You know, it was intimidating as hell, obviously, but sure. he was incredibly gracious and we made one podcast for the show out of one day that we did with him and it was delightful and on our show on pure cinema we've covered we've done episodes we do like five film lists and we've done episodes on cult movies one cult movies two and cult movies three where we each pick five movies and we told him about that um and then we still need to do cult movie stars guide for the film fanatic i mean those are much bigger canvases but um alternate oscars we talk about that a lot but anyway meeting him was you know, one of the best events for me in my life. And so I, I need to finish this movie so I don't fuck that up completely, you know? (laughs) So who else is in the movie? Who'd you talk to? 
Um, let's see. We talked to Patton Oswalt, Edgar Wright. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Josh Olson, as I mentioned. Uh, Larry Karaszewski, who is awesome. Larry actually helped me get a few other people because he knows he loves Perry and he knows a lot of people that like him. In right. fact, I know that Aaron, I know I talked to you about interviewing you for the documentary and I do apologize for dropping the ball on that. Uh, cause I definitely, oh, that's, I remember uh, talking, you know, give, give my slot to little oral Annie <laughs> get, get, interview her. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Getting ready for this. I'm going to just, let's, this is a good digression. Okay. I looked up little oral Annie just doing some research. <laughs> She's a music teacher, like in New England. Wow. Yes. Fantastic. She looks great. Yeah. Yeah. The Long biggest shock teacher. of all. The yes. biggest yeah. shock she <laughs> ever gave anyone. <laughs> Aaron, I still remember, I think we talked on the phone when I was going to interview you, and you told me a story that I loved, which was about, I think you were at a party, and some guy was quoting the performance review, <laughs> we, trying to pass it off as his own like opinion. We, we have told that story on this podcast. Retell it, please. It's the best. It, it, it was. Uh, it it's going to be like a, the Gilbert Gottfried uh, orange wedges thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. It, it was a comedian at a comedy show with me who I. It, it was a. It was at a comedy show and we started talking about movies and he he was a pretty pretentious guy and and he was talking about you know his favorite films and and he brought up performance and and he said that you know that film is like having someone's dirtiest finger rest at the back of your throat and i was standing there like you stole that from danny Perry. like <laughs> the one i'm the one person on earth who would have known like you stole that line but i i could not bring myself to confront him i, I have I, since I, thought the perfect response to that would have been for you to say if films could smell performance would stink <laughs> I wish I had. Which is also from that review. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Pat Oswalt uh, gave me a wonderful quote for uh, Teen Movie Hell. Nice. And I mean, Aaron, you know him from the comedian was not Pat Oswalt. No, 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 please. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was will, a jarring yes. thing to roll right into. Sorry, Pat. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Just for the record. <laughs> and I so loved him recently on Pure Cinema Podcast. I mean, I love him anyway, but you know. Yeah, no, he was wonderful, and we were lucky to get him. It was really nice just to talk about what he's been watching. It was nice, you know. And then um, the way you spoke mm -hmm. about Danny Period, it brought to mind my tender-hearted dedication of heavy metal movies, which is to Danny Period. Your cult oh. movies books taught me to experience film and music, and therefore life itself, through the eyes and ears and heart and brain of a writer. So nice. So sweet, man. Thank you. So Thank sweet. you. Danny, your books were like having a dirty finger. <laughs> That's right. That was my goal. And then, yeah, and then he gave me a quote. If if books could smell, teen movie hell would stink. <laughs> uh, well, Mike, I love both your books. I'm just Thank saying. you so much. No bullshit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, one of the things that Aaron and I part of our obsession is in the back of guide for the film fanatic mm. are a list of, I don't know, is it a thousand more movies? It's many more movies, it's hundreds of more film titles that he recommends. If you want to become a film fanatic, you should dedicate your life to not just the movies he's reviewed the 500, uh, but these films too, with the exceptions of the ones. So they each have ratings like not all, most of them have ratings like CM cult movie. PR, PR personal recommendation. Personal recommendation. H. I'll say. I'll say the letter. You say the what is H. Historic. S. Sleeper. 
CC. Call. Ooh, wait a minute. CC. Camp, Camp Classic. Classic. Camp, Camp Classic. Classic. Yes. Oh, that's interesting that that was dis- differentiated from our other. Uh, right. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, and then of course the category, and then he was like, "If a movie is rated T, you don't have to see it. It's just in here." <laughs> and the T was for I'm, trash. And the T was for trash. And wait, was there also X or XXX? Yeah, triple X for the little and that was section. And that was also non essential, right? Yeah, yes. non essential. Trash and XXX were non-essential, but Camp Classic was essential. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. You must see these Camp Classics. <laughs> well, and I, I love that there's, even if you're super nerdy about Guide for the Film Fanatic, there's the version that came out. We are. Think, we are. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. so you guys know, obviously, there's that, the version that came out with the original checklist, and then he did a, an addendum checklist that yes. you can get in later yeah. publications, and I think I have copies with both i definitely have one with the later one because i remember it had like wow blue velvet and uh-huh. um god it had a few other things in it that i was like oh this is newer stuff this is really cool but it wasn't in every one and it took me five or six copies to figure that out so when i uh started when i had this idea to do this podcast i went to look for my guide for the film fanatic and i we moved last year and i realized i mean the hard way i learned that i didn't have an existing copy Ah. Because this is a book that falls apart. I mean, I've bought it 20 times, you know. I mean, this is one, as does um, one of the, Cult Movies 2, I think, fell apart. But the, but I mean, <laughs> I've replaced all of them repeatedly. So I did get a new guide for the film, a new old one with the updated list in it. What, oh, wait, before we talk about the, the T, the subject, yeah. the, the T movies. The Spill the T, yeah. Uh, yes, what is your let me ask you this brian if you can name what is your all-time favorite peary review because i'll I'll tell you mine plan nine from outer space where it goes on the full rant at the end about the brilliant and it's the best it's the best where he really loses his shit and gets really serious and then later wasn't it in film fanatic Fanatic. just kidding he backs off. He goes. He I did was not kidding. have the courage of his conviction. Yes. It was a little like Achilles' heel, a little uh, nick yes. in the armor there. That's my all-time favorite. He he says he says Plan Nine was an incredibly intelligent, intense attack on the military. Well, what he what he says is that this movie is so full of ideas, so bravely critical of the American more government. more than any the, other movie at the time. Yeah, yes. mad the madness right. of military buildup and what we must look like. To, to an alien race that it's far more interesting and better than the worst film of all time could ever be. And that was a revelation reading those words. And, and it's like, then, yeah. And, and then, then it, yeah. it says the same argument in yeah. film fanatic, but then adds just kidding, <laughs> which, which was like, which was like Dylan going electric, like Judas. Yeah, yeah. How dare you? How could you do that to us? Yeah. I didn't, yeah, I turned my back on the book for a second then I turned <laughs> yes. back and started reading it again yeah yeah um I that's a good that's a really good one I, I there's so many good ones um I think I've come around not come around like I never didn't love it but the one I before I got him interviewed for the documentary I interviewed him for a magazine in about 2010 and it was just a phone interview he talked to me for like an hour and a half that was mind-blowing but he mentioned yeah. I think in that interview that his favorite one is the I walk with a zo- with a zombie um uh-huh. review because that was one of the ones that was in his sample chapter 
for submitting the first cult movies book oh. for approval. And so I've come back to that one a lot and I really like what he's done there and I see why he's proud of it. And Val Luton is certainly one of the figures that I never would have known about at all if not for the cult movies books. The same so here. Same I here. think that yeah. one is probably at the top or near the top for me right now. Wow. I, I yeah. I, and yeah, I really love he, Easy Rider because he had the same reaction to it that I do, where he just says, "Oh yeah, these people would be hell to travel with." He's like, "They're so <laughs> <Yeah>. annoying. <laughs> Their conversation is so boring." He's like, "Listen, look at these examples of the dialogue. First thing we do, man, let's get us a groovy meal." <laughs> Perry says, "But the Plan Nine, you know, that really did profoundly." shake me and that was one of the you know the lights came on in my skull moments um where i was like oh this this man has put into words what i've been fumbling for as a you know at that point 13 year old like why do i wait like why why do i find robot monster poetic when it would just <laughs> so obviously it's easy to mock it and it should be mocked because it's hilarious but what what is that about it and it's the, and it's the movie's courage of its own convictions which, you know, then Peary, uh, you know, he popped that balloon a little bit. But, you know, no love lost. Just he proves you're human, Danny. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his his stuff for me was just so personal and so different. I was just used to reading capsule reviews, the occasional essay. I, I hadn't really dived into any sort of critical text. I mean, I was going to take film classes in school and that helped some, but his style was just so different and so him that it was hard not to be captivated by it. So he just hooked me right away. Well, please finish the movie and, and interview me <laughs> and Aaron, gonna, please. It will be finished. I, I guarantee you. Squeeze us in there, please. We will try to figure that out. If I can figure a way to do zoom interviews and in quality that will work. Uh, I think people would be more forgiving in the time of COVID. So I'm, I'm sure? considering that at this time. Yes. But Excellent. Yeah, it's going to be done. So let's take a walk through, uh, the walk down T Street. <laughs> T for trash. Oh, let's collect the trash. And uh, let's make a point here. You do not need to see these movies. They are not. You must see the other thousand movies he wrote about. You do not need. But to it's see important that they are listed and named. And, and Mike and I have seen all of them. Yeah, I've seen everyone except for one. There's one I have not seen. Okay, all right. Let's hear. Let's see. All right, what let's I've go seen through it. Again. So I I, okay. I listed these uh, chronologically in order of okay. release. Color me blood red. Good movie. Like it. Enjoy it. Uh, opinion, Brian. Um. Yeah. No, I like it. Uh, you know, one of the Herschel Gordon Lewis that I favor. You know, not that I, there are any that I hate. Right. Um. But I haven't seen quite all of them, and some of them I find a little bland. But this one. Yeah, no, I dig it. I like it. I'm a fan. I asked I him once a- at a horror convention where those paintings were that were colored blood red. He said they were in his garage and then they got lost. Oh. Heartbreaking. I, I, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I always thought Color Me Blood Red was a little restrained for me, for Herschel. I, like, for me, it's the Wizard of Gore kick out the jams kind That's of. My like, That's my yeah, favorite. That's my favorite. Yes, far. I like the just pure nothing but playing with fake guts. <laughs> <laughs> a little too much plot in Color Me Blood Red. <laughs> and a lot of paddle boat footage, as I recall. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Which so, is always a, a lock for me. I love some good paddle boat yeah. footage. <laughs> But, you know, when I was looking at this list of Peary's T's, it's a lot of Herschel, right? 
It's well, there's, there's a certain filmmakers more Herschel than anybody else. Yes, and he's the guy that absolutely turned me on to Herschel. I had Blood Feast, never heard of it before reading cult movies. Oh, same, yeah, and then no, couldn't point. get enough of it. Oh yeah. Well, wait a minute. Now, is that true, Mike? What about Golden Turkey Awards? That oh, I take the, that back. I'm yeah, sorry, absolutely, because he was so so much a part of that. I apologize, right, to the brothers Medved, who I the other. Can, can you imagine if they're listening? The yeah. Holy Trinity: Peary, yeah. Harry, and Michael Medved. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Medved brothers and Peary, and Mookie the Wonder Dog. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so uh, the gruesome twosome which uh, I have seen, and it's the one that it has the two, like, wig heads talking yes. to each other. The mannequin dummy heads yeah. at the beginning. Which is really weird and surreal. <laughs> really uh, stupid. I'm not going to say it's good. Yeah. I have not seen this one. Really Oh, dumb. wait a minute. I forgot to do our ratings, Aaron. Oh, well, because we should, well, we should apply the ratings to these movies, too. Okay, sure. I'll tell you. Well, okay. And, and you know, Brian, we always have our own thumbs up, thumbs down. We come up customized. I, yeah. couldn't, uh, I couldn't come up with anything. I'm, I'm sorry. But, okay, but, I'm okay, but you'll you get to pick up. among our suggestions. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll use one or not. Okay. Okay. So mine, I have two this week. It was hard. This was a tough one. Okay, uh, I only have one. So Peary or Dreary. Ooh. That's good. I like this one. CM or BM? That's really good. <laughs> that that's really it. good. That yeah, that's it. good. I only have one. Danny Peary or Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, pretty good. It's, it's tough. Mr. Yeah, could... Boy, those are. Oh, boy, that's so tough. Got two scatological, <laughs> and I can't decide. Uh, I think CM or BM, but uh, I don't know. Diarrhea is fucking hilarious. Okay. You no, know what? I mean... let's, go, let's go CM or BM because it'll be in the spirit of the book. The, okay. Oh, yeah. the okay, good. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. that. I like yeah. that. Even All though right. I like yours more, which is usually <laughs> what happens. <laughs> I still go back to I was so proud for the Woodless Allen one where I said Mentra Stitch and then Aaron busted out Annie Hall or Anal Hell. So. Um, <laughs> So, so, okay, so color me bre- blood red to me, CM, Aaron? Uh, a BM. <laughs> Mr. Sauer? I'll, I'll go CM on that. Okay. Gruesome to some BM. BM. <laughs> okay, good to know, good to know. Uh, you, BM, Brian? Oh, he, he I haven't seen, seen it. it. Oh, oh no, sorry, okay. It. All right. There's Question a few mark. here I haven't seen or I can't remember, so I'm not sure where I'm going to land, but okay. uh, the next one I haven't seen. Okay, The Undertaker and his pals, uh, definitely a BM. Um, definitely and, and this always wanted to see it so bad like oh, it looked so cool the poster the, the post is wild yeah the, the trailer's weird when you would see yeah. it on a little trailer yeah. compilation and then when the first time i tried to watch it it was like oh this is so but boring. my exposure to that um around the same time as guy for the film fanatic another book of biblical importance research incredibly strange films oh, oh i thought remember? you were gonna say psychotronic the first psychotronic no but research had like a half page a- post like image of that poster mm-hmm. which is like this beautifully etched image of this guy he looks like charles emerson winchester the third from mash <laughs> next to mm-hmm. a skeleton and just that weird title and everything so yeah and then nice. that it was like the t you know dead Peary had seen it and given it a t and when Aaron yeah. and I were first talking about these letter ratings, we both went, and then The Undertaker and his pals. Um, yep. Satan Sadist, which we're going to dive a little further into later. Uh, here's the one I haven't seen. The Amazing Transplant, the Darce Wi- Wishman film. 
I nope. think I have seen that one on an old something weird video. I'm pretty sure I saw a something weird release of that. Do you know the premise of the film? Oh God, it's it's a serial killer thing, right? Oh no, it's uh, no? a man uh, gets a penis transplant. <laughs> he doesn't start killing people with the. He, I, no, I no, the penis belonged to a serial rapist. Oh, okay. so like the Our, hands of Orlock, it's like the gland of right. Orlock. Yes. Okay, right, right, oh, yes. Dear. Okay. I haven't seen Dor- that one either. Doris Wishman, she really transcends CM or BM. I gotta say, like her films really are uh, to me. They 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 are their own category. They okay, really, I'll back you on really that. Unique. That's fair. All right. Yeah. Uh, Mark of the Devil. Oh, that's a CM, right? There. CM, capital yeah. C, capital M. Yeah. You see that one, Brian? Yeah, I think I have, but I'm I'm forgetting. I just need to look up the poster. Once. Herbert Lom and Ranching uh, Alder, U- Udo Kier, rated V for violence. You got yeah, a barf I, bag. <laughs> I do remember yeah. liking this one, and and I would definitely go CM on this. Yeah, yeah, God, it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, it came good. out in '72 in the states, and my friend Mickey, who was a couple of years older than me in Keensburg, New Jersey, had the barf bag. His sister <laughs> nice. went to see it. Man. We were just fascinated by it. You got to um, frame that shit. That's awesome. Uh, the Wizard of Gore from 1970. My favorite Hershey. CM. Me too. CM. Yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah. So good. CM for sure. The Corpse Grinders, the Ted V. Michaels film. Yeah, I give it a me, BM. It's a yeah. BM. Yeah. Yeah. It's a BM for me only because I wasn't able to finish it. So yeah, I so. Yeah. Really... Like many a BM for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the Gorgor Girls, I'm going to give a CM. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm talking about, Herschel movies that are just gross. Yes, yeah. me, me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you got your I'll Henny Youngman. I mean, you got Henny Youngman, you have the uh, yeah. milk and chocolate milk nipples yes. that get cut off. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, I forgot about that. Which I read about in the Golden Turkey Awards and couldn't believe actually was true and then <laughs> yeah. saw that it was true, yes. Yes. Uh, three on a Meat Hook. Um, oh, yeah. The William Girdler, Girdler film. I have not seen this, although I've been wanting to see it. I don't think I've ever seen it. I saw it, and I don't remember it, so I have to give it a BM. <laughs> oh, I, no. I don't really remember it either. What I remember is the the best trailer of all time. You guys have seen that trailer on compilations, right? The, have you ever seen that, Mike? Yeah, I have, but I don't remember that either. Yeah, it, it's, it's this bizarre, you would think it was a Bergman film. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It yeah, has yeah. this bizarre voiceover like, a madman screams, twisted in the night, sadness and isolation. Over to three on a meat hook. Remember, it's like yeah, I do now or- because you know who was obsessed <laughs> yeah. with this movie was Greg Dark. Oh wow! Yeah, so three on a meat hook. That's a good movie. Three on a meat hook. Let's do something with three on a meat hook. I don't really remember the movie though. I mean, no, I don't remember the movie, but I yeah. definitely watched it. I'm sure with me Greg, too. Me too. Yeah. While he was filling the room with marijuana smoke. Um, <laughs> Barbed wire dolls, uh, God, a little accent slipped there. Barbed wire dolls with uh, by uh, Jess Franco. Uh, I will give that a CM. I don't remember it. I mean, I know I must have seen that at some point, but I got to be honest with you, I don't. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna BM it, but I'm gonna out myself as not a Jess Franco fan. So I, I know that's sacrilege I can respect that in the yeah. cult community. Yeah. I've given him a shot for me personally. And he's just not my guy, and and I respect everybody that loves him. I get it, you know, but it's just not my dude, unfortunately. Yes. So I'm, I'm going to this one silently nod at you and hope <laughs> that my agreement doesn't cancel my cult movie career here. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and too. then uh, Nurse Sherry, which we will talk about. 
Yeah. Okay. Now here is a tough call: the toolbox murders. Oh yeah. Ultimately, I have to say CM. Right, because it's fascinating. It's it's yes. not really yeah. good, but it is like it is. It's fascinating, and it starts great. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The first like twenty minutes or whatever it is, and with such a rite of passage in the the initial nineteen eighty two home video onslaught, it was <laughs> yeah. such a ubiquitous tape. Everybody rented it. Everybody hid it from their parents. We all freaked <laughs> out. Couldn't believe it. Um, and then finally. Um, and this is Living Nightmare slash Nazi Love Camp 27 from 1979 with Serpa Lane. I, I have to I've say BM. Seen never seen this. Yeah, I, don't th- I think that's the one I've never seen. Yeah. I've seen it because I wanted to differentiate it from Love Camp 7. Right, which is the Lee <laughs> the Frost, Frost thing, movie, right? yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. Uh, A lot of BMs ha- there. We have gone through <laughs> Danny Peary's trash. <laughs> <laughs> And now, uh, speaking of BMs, uh, let's go double A. those movies. Peary yeah. rubbing his hands together, seeing the marquee, Nazi Love Camp 27. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> one, please. One adult, one child. Gerald, you Thank coming? You. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so, go to the from BMs and CMs, let's go to AA, Al Adamson. And... Yeah. This was uh, Brian Sauer's suggestion, uh, tied into the incredible, can't believe we live in a time where this is possible, box set from Severn Films collecting 32 Al Adamson films. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Hours and hours of extras. A book wow. by the great uh, Amanda Reyes and Bill Ackerman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big fan of both. Big fan of yes, both. Yes, fantastic. Both of them. Um and uh, just can't believe it's happening. And we're going to talk today about Satan's Sadists and Nurse Sherry. So let us begin with uh, Satan's Sadists from 1969. Uh, have we all seen this movie before? Yes. Oh, yeah. I was I was always fascinated and obsessed with this one. I mean, and, and saw it on video pretty early, I got to say. I like, saw yeah. the old VHS tape. Um, the, the great theme song, which was on like garage rock compilations yeah. a lot and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I was always into this one. I gotta say, I've, I've probably seen it multiple times even, I would say. I saw this too. I rented it, um, back in the eighties, uh, because, uh, I might've rented it anyway, but we had, uh, my friend Rich and I had seen, uh, we rented syndicate sadists. You ever see that movie? It's the Italian crime movie. Know it, but haven't seen it. Okay, so the box cover of that, it looks like a men's adventure magazine. <laughs> it's this bald dude with like a leather jacket. Looks medieval, but they're wearing modern clothes. A guy, a shirtless guy, and a scantily clad woman are chained up. And the bald dude is like leaning toward them with a blowtorch. And the, the, the bald torturer has the funniest like mean grin on his face. <laughs> so we were like, we got to see this. This is going to be great. And then it was this this Italian crime movie. So we we're like, what the hell is this? And then that movie was so much better than any horror movie we could have <laughs> So I, w- I saw that and I was like, all right, syndicate sadists. Oh, here's Satan sadists. Maybe this will be the same kind of bait and switch, which it wasn't. And But I, you know, I was happy with what I got. Uh, so, yeah. So watching it again, I'm going to say CM. Really enjoyed yeah. it. It delivers. Um, that's yeah. for sure. 
Yeah. 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 I mean, and there was things about it that I didn't even realize. This is, I think, maybe the second or third time I'd seen it. Um, but I didn't realize, I mean, obviously Russ Tamblin is amazing in this movie. I, I really do think, and I'm not being facetious, I think it's one of his, my favorite performances of sure, his yeah. ever. Um, but I didn't realize that Graydon Clark played acid in the movie. I, know. I found that out yeah. today. Yeah. And, yeah. and that John, John Bud Cardos, you know, stuntman and director of Kingdom of the Spiders plays Firewater and that... <laughs> I was listening to the commentaries on the on the Blu-rays, and the producer was talking about how um, John Bud Cardos and Russ Tamlin did their own stunts, and they have a big fight at the end of the movie, and you can see that it's really them. And like, there's a point where Russ takes a really big tumble down a hill, mm-hmm. and it lands like almost right in front of camera. And it couldn't have not hurt. Like, it looks painful. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely him. And I was like, well, that's pretty badass that he did yeah. that, you know? No, that um, fight is phenomenal at the end. Love it. So love it. We'll yeah. walk I, through the movie and get there. Um, yeah. So, uh, just some general notes. Uh, so, the cast is made up of a lot of stuntmen, a lot of B-movie actors. Essentially, people who will become Al Adamson's stock company for a while. Um, and we should talk about Al Adamson just briefly. You know, one of the great um, Z movie directors, um, famous schlockmeister, met a horrible demise. Ugh. I mean, just Aaron, you and I lived in L.A. when that happened. Do you remember that? We were you like, know, is Al Adamson on the news? What the hell is going on here? <laughs> so what year was that? It was like 95. It must have been 95. 96. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. And. Yeah. um yeah, hired a contractor who then sort of assumed his identity, killed him, and buried him in his own house, and then put like a hot tub on top of him or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. there's a, an incredible documentary, Flesh and Blood, by uh, David Gregory from Seven Films that you can get separately or included with the box set and get the box set. Fascinating movie. Really yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, I, re- I, I really like. Uh, well, here are two notes I wrote right away. I like the simple stupidity of the gang's name, the Satans. <laughs> I also really like this line from the IMDb trivia. Shot in a mere eight days. I mean, when you watch it, you're like, I mean, this must have been in production for months. The, <laughs> the word mere there is great. Um, but it does. It looks terrific um, as a movie shot in eight days on 16 millimeter. You know, super gritty, super up close, puts you right in there. And the cast is great. Russ Hamblin is anchor. He's the head of the Satans. And it's a crazy performance because he's soft-spoken, which is <laughs> yeah, not what true. you'd ever expect. And you see, yeah. like, his little lips talking slowly. He's got the hat. You can't see the his hat. eyes, the red glasses. Yeah. I love the yeah. hat and the glasses. Yeah. And he does sit back a lot while all the other Satans yeah. are, like, assaulting people and murdering yeah. people. And he does kind of go like, hey, man, hey, should calm down. Hey. We- <laughs> well, then, no, no. Then they yell at him like, you know, hey, like, what the hell is wrong with you? Because he ends up, like, he's the killer among them. So, Well, boy, does he go, yeah, he yeah, goes too goes far. Too far. And, and he goes too far. Repeatedly goes too far. And gives a, a, a great monologue in the middle of the movie. Oh, that so Russ, great. That yeah. Russ, in an interview I remember reading years ago, was very proud to have, that was his big contribution. He said, like, yeah. put put the camera on me. I got some human history, not just the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I mean, I put and he's I put a great actor who I love. Yeah. So. I mean, if, if people, you know, idolize any speeches from Easy Rider, I'd put that right up with any of them. I think oh, his please. speech yeah. is fantastic and timely. And and yeah, like you were saying that, you know, he he plays it so laid back. 
but then when the murders happen it's even that more that much more shocking it's an incredibly effective choice yeah yeah really i had to give him tip my hat to him because i i finally you know the second or third time finally figured out i'm like oh wow that makes this moment so much more impactful and that is not an accident that is an experienced actor making a choice and hats off to him for taking this movie seriously enough to do that you know Mm -hmm. and you gotta say if peary was upset that Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda said, let's get a groovy meal. I mean, these guys are real scumbags. <laughs> like these, these are really not bikers you want to hang out with. They're no, just, they would not be boring to travel with though. The well, way that's true. Captain that's America. And, uh, what the other guy's name was Billy or something. I don't remember. I no. think I'd still choose them. I think I'd still choose. <laughs> yeah. Captain ultimately. Billy. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you get to hang out with Jack Nicholson and yeah. Uh, get high by the fire. Yeah. You know, yeah. Get killed. Yeah. Blow it and then get killed. <laughs> yes, Spoiler exactly. alert. Um, so then Regina Carroll as uh, Anchor's mama, Gina. Um, and the freak out girl. Yes. She has giant hair like Nancy Sinatra in everything, oh, but also yeah. in the Wild Angels. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching that. I was like, that has to be extremely difficult to maintain as a motorcycle mama. <laughs> that yeah. hair, that hair hopped pile of blondness atop her skull there. My um my wife caught just a second of this movie. I was watching it, and she commented that Regina Carroll looks like a man. <laughs> she <dressed laughs> as a woman. I don't totally agree with that, but it was you know it was an honest yeah. observation. So I thought I'd add it. Well, you, she didn't see the well, part where she was just dancing uh, salaciously in the diner. Then no, no, no. Well, and your wife saying that it does, but it is a funny thing because it does kind of add to the general John Waters feeling of the mm. whole movie. Excellent point. You yeah. know, yeah. like, and, and that kind of like faster pussycat. Uh, you, what, this is the kind of movie that I see and I'm reminded like, oh yeah, John Waters was also just kind of doing the exploitation tropes of the time, you know? Yeah, yeah very, very good point. Yeah. Yeah. I totally hadn't thought about that. That vibe is absolutely there. Wow. Oh, yeah. Very like uh, female trouble, you know. Right. And then you think about, you know, his coterie of actors and then Al Adamson had these people. So, yeah, very much. Yeah. Um, And this is just an interesting side note. Uh, Regina Carroll is also in Willard and Ben. And she played a character named Marion Crane, who, of course, is Janet Leigh in Psycho. Wow. I, I. Actually, I'm yeah. a fan of both of those movies. I like rat right. movies, and I did not remember <laughs> that she was in either of them. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, John Cardos is Firewater, amazing, full red face, red arms, red Hilarious. chest, red ankle. And, uh, and a movie that this nice Blu-ray transfer does, does not help out with his makeup <laughs> and with his bald cap that is yeah, so and mohawk, a mohawk. It's Travis Bickle yeah. mohawk. That yeah. like at the drive-in, you probably wouldn't notice so much, but at home yeah. on your Blu-ray, it's uh, quite yeah quite blatant. <laughs> yeah. Coordinated the fight scenes. Uh, Graydon Clark is acid, and of course, uh, Graydon Clark, one of the secret co-writers of this film, oh, and yeah, Graydon Clark right. is you know one of the another great uh, B-movie director. Everything from uh, you know Black Shampoo to uh, Without Warning, Joysticks. Wacko. Wacko. Yeah, I mean, you just keep going. <laughs> My recent favorite, yeah. Wacko is your recent favorite? Because of that Blu-ray that, was it Vinegar yeah. Syndrome? Vinegar Syndrome, yeah, yeah. With the greatest, with the opening that had been taken off the theatrical release period, that, that I thought was the greatest movie opening I've ever seen. So so the movie starts up this creepy music. You see a, a 
black jacketed kind of jallo killer guy whose face can't see stick a knife in a pumpkin carve it uh and and uh, carve a jack-o'-lantern then he puts it on his head and he says death to all teenagers who fuck and then the pumpkin <laughs> pukes pumpkin seeds everywhere and it says wacko and i was like wow that's a that's an opening that's a, like yeah. the the rest of the movie can't possibly top that opening but Nor uh, does no, it, it. that was amazing it definitely it can't but 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 i do say i love the scene that shows joe don getting ready to go to work and he puts coffee on and he lets it run into his briefcase <laughs> that always got me i'm like that guy's that guy's serious amazing. about his coffee <laughs> And, you know, Tony Schlongini. Oh, gotta... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that song. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Which apparently yeah. made up on the spot. Andrew Dice Clay is Tony <laughs> Schlongini. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Uh, yeah, I like that's the, right. I like the Al Adamson, Graydon Clark connection. I yeah. Think they're kin, yeah. kin filmmakers, too. Yes. I mean, obviously, Graydon, I think, leans a little more into comedy, ultimately, if you watch enough of his stuff. But yeah. it's definitely a similar kind of Z-grade you know energy yes i'm glad they're twain doth met on satan sadist <laughs> uh so then you have uh gary kent as uh johnny martin who's the vietnam vet hitchhiker he has an incredible filmography so he's sort of like if the the equivalent of billy jack in the born losers this is the guy who's mm-hmm. gonna the righteous guy who's not gonna just let these bikers commit the mayhem that they're gonna commit and he'll go as far as throwing snakes on him if he has to. Yes, <laughs> if need be. Um, and then they see, so he's hitchhiking. So we see, the movie opens with a rape scene. So we establish immediately who the Satan sadists are. One and of the rape- 50 in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, well, a rape scene and then a murder cover-up with booze, yes. like, throwing the car off the cliff. I'm <laughs> like, is... well, this definitely establishes who these guys are. It announces itself, yeah. yes. Very much. Yes. A phrase we like to use here. Um, <laughs> and then the kick-ass Harley Hatcher theme song. So great, oh, Harley rec- Hatcher. Recently covered by mean. Danzig, yeah. Oh, really? I had no yeah. idea. Wow. Danzig did a did a did a covers album a year or two ago and he does that. And it's perfect it's made for him. You can imagine. Yeah. Oh, I gotta yeah. hear that. He the used old- to come into my video store that I worked in when I first moved to LA. He was a regular. And he always bought interesting shit. He I remember oh, I, bet. I think he bought I'm trying to remember he bought like the tenth victim. Wow. And maybe final program. It was like some sixties sci fi shit. Super that was cool. just one yeah. time, but he was always yeah. buying interesting stuff. Yeah. But I got to hear that song. I got to hear his. Yeah, it's great. Have you seen Verotica? Is my question. I have not. Her, I've heard. I was at the stuff. Chicago screening, and it was. Oh, yeah? it was I mean, I've, if not the best theatrical experience of my life, it's right there. It's like <laughs> really? top three. Yeah, I mean, it was so fun. Okay, so crazy. I gotta check it out. So I, I mean, the, check it out. but I don't want to say you had to be there because the movie <laughs> really delivers. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> but to Wait, what would there, you say? CC PR. BM? What, what would you T? Wow. CM? I mean, oh, wow. H? Is it an H? H. <laughs> H. You got it. Okay, Historic. Because, I, I mean, there was a time in my life before the Veronica screening with Danzig present mm-hmm. and everything that has happened since then, <laughs> including the Trump presidency and uh, the plague and oh, riots yeah. in the streets. Um, so the world has gotten worse since Veronica came out, is sure. what I'm saying. Very much. Um, because nothing is going to live up to that experience of seeing Veronica <laughs> with Danzig watching us from the balcony, engaging our reactions. 
and then saying, you know, you a bunch of sick motherfuckers. And I was, <laughs> me and my friends, we used to go to see these really fucked up slasher movies in the 80s. We'd be laughing at the violence. And people would look at us like, what the hell is wrong with them? And you guys were laughing at like this, the most fucked up shit, man. It's just like, you're my kind of people. <laughs> so it worked out. Yeah. As I don't, that was our, he was our own to- Tony Schlangini that night. <laughs> um, so, and then uh, Kent Taylor as the diner. Over- oh, so every, so uh, the bikers commit this rape. It's hideous. The murder. Uh, then we meet this uh, Vietnam vet. Uh, hitchhiker he gets picked up by this square couple from Pittsburgh who are just driving. Turns out the guy's a cop, the driver of the car. They pull into this roadside uh, gas station diner. Uh, we meet uh, Jacqueline Cole as Tracy, who's the waitress there. She's tooting around in a red dune buggy. Uh, and here's a side note. Three things that were so prevalent in the 70s as kids, <laughs> just in our consciousness, were, to me, quicksand, termites, and dune buggies. Yeah. And they're all, like, gone. Like, there's no, like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Quicksand was, uh, that was a thing that I, I thought for sure I was going to get, I don't know. Yeah, it was something to look out for every time totally. you left yeah, the house. Yeah. And you knew, and you knew, do not struggle. No, just yeah. float. Float yeah. and swim like in regular water. Float. This was yeah. explained to all of us by adults in our lives. Yes, yes. <laughs> if it ever happens, which it will, it's happened to me several times, you just float. Don't <laughs> And then termites, of course, are still a, a household pest. But sure. but the we we were just so aware of them as characters in cartoons and they were just constant plot points, and then dune buggies were just everywhere. Everything you know, then um, so all gone now from the consciousness, and uh, so the owner of the diner is Gary Kent. Oh no, I'm sorry, he was he's the uh, Ted Taylor Kent Taylor, uh, playing Lou. He's got his trademark pencil thin mustache. And he is just like a classic old Hollywood actor, bringing a bit of class. And I was thinking, again, like Born Losers, which to me is the best of the biker exploitation movies. Let's all pick our favorite. I say Born Losers. Oh, wow. That's tough. Um, That is tough. I always end up soft spot for Wild Angels. I have to admit, I love the soundtrack. Oh, well, please. Davey Allen and the Arrows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Wild Angels. I remember liking the Savage Seven, but it's long. It's been a long time, so I can only rely on the fact that I like Richard Rush a lot, and that, yeah. that might still be my favorite. But um, I kind of got to go with Aaron on this one. I really like Wild Angels too, yeah. honestly. Yeah, it's good. And you know, I'll give you a sleeper, an S one, Psychomania. I always love oh, Psychomania. Yeah, yeah. You don't like think of Channing. it as one of those, but I know. obviously it is. Yeah. The Living Dead. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. The Biker Gang, The Living Dead. The Bikies. What's that one from Australia? Stone is the one from Australia where they're bikies. Oh, yeah. That's from right, late. Right. That's from like 1980 or something, though. Um, and so I was saying, so he's sort of akin to Jane Russell in The Born Losers. We have this old Hollywood class just putting a nice shine on the proceedings here. The nonstop rape scenes. <laughs> yes. Um, Killing. So the bikers come in. The, the couple is there. They're ordering their food. Uh, the Vietnam vet is at the uh, counter. He's ordering his food. He's having a nice conversation with Tracy, the waitress. The bikers come in, do what bikers do, which is demand beer, act rude. And as always, in so many of these movies, I was thinking even when we watched recently, which was uh, Pray for the Wildcats. 
Oh, oh there's all which was awesome. Yeah, yeah I like that uh, movie a lot. Um, that cast is ridiculous. Oh god, yeah, so good. Um, always some hoochie mama, the biker mama or somebody is in a bar or restaurant doing an incredibly pornographic dance to the jukebox that leads to an explosion of violence. Yeah. It does happen a lot. Yeah. It, it must have happened a lot back then. I mean, I've never seen it. <laughs> it was, I've never seen it, but it must have been a common thing, you know? Yeah. It wasn't even ripped from the headlines. It was just a daily part of life. It was, yeah, if right. you survived the quick stand and made it to a roadside <laughs> diner yeah, and you saw a sexy lady doing a dance, yeah, just leave. <laughs> Definitely. Just get, get your out. dune buggy and leave. <laughs> so, um, so the gang overtakes this diner. It goes very bad. The the cop pulls a gun, fire water. Who's constantly taking nips off his fire water <laughs> that he's got in his vest. Uh, he gets the gun away from the cop. It all goes very bad. They lead the uh, they lead Lou and the uh, square couple out to the desert, tie him up. And uh, some bad stuff happens to the wife before she gets killed, and the other, and then all three of them get killed. But that is when um, we have Russ Hamlin's incredible speech about, uh, you know, some people he knows he's the, and, and you know, the uh, the police violence issues that <laughs> are so uh, prevalent in today's narrative. Really, we see uh, how old the problem is specifically. 51 years at least because Russ Tamlin talks about some of his groovy friends grow their hair long, smoke a little dope, get high, look at the stars, write poetry in the sand and you just bust their heads and they forgive you. Poetry in the sand. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. The crazy thing is they forgive you and then bang, 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 three bullets, three heads. I don't. Yeah. Such a great punctuation. Yes. <laughs> And then the, the sadists, the Satans, rather, they call him a sadist. One of them's like, you're a sadist, man. <laughs> they hate Anchor for doing that. They're like, you know, this is a hassle, man. Why'd you have to kill him? And But they do. They knock out uh, Johnny Martin is the guy's name. Is the v I'll call him Johnny Martin, um, which is his character's name. Uh, they, like, knock him out, and they leave him back at the uh, diner with the waitress and um, Romeo. And another gang member. So Romeo is a guy always concerned about his face and his appearance. <laughs> I also like I the gang members all have names like uh, Acid, Romeo. Oh, I should also say Muscle. Muscle. And then one guy is named Willie. Um, <laughs> Willie but, needs a nickname. Yeah. But oh, maybe he's like, you know, he's a dick. But instead yeah. of that, they're clever. They call him a Willie. Sure. Um, yeah. But I should say also Acid refers to rape as tripping. He goes, I wanted to trip on the waitress, man, and things like that. <laughs> Did you trip on that lady? Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, they're they're really bad people. They're yeah, really yeah, bad they, they're they're sadists. Yeah, and if they're working for the Satan. Yeah. Um. So, we go back to the diner. We see uh, th that foursome there, and then there is a fight scene in the bathroom, which is pretty hilarious because they're the sound effects are not well done. So uh, Johnny Martin just kind of slams the mirror into Romeo's face, and all of a sudden he's all bloody and knocked out, and he's in the bathtub like, ah, my face. <laughs> and then he gets a knife away from Muscle and or one of the other guys. and So he Tramp. and Tracy, the waitress, they hightail it out of there in her dune buggy, and the Satans give chase, and that leads us sort of into the rest of the movie, and which, which is this shot chase. shot at Spawn Ranch. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or that, you know, I was questioning the veracity of that. Do you think, I mean, you think they're faking that? I don't know. I've read some pretty, some relatively detailed articles about that. It seems like, I don't know, maybe they made that up, but it seemed fairly plausible. I mean, it's certainly, you know, like, there's no reason they wouldn't. Yeah. Regina, I will say Regina Carroll, I've read a interview with her great detail about her interactions with Manson. And, okay. Then and that's, then that, I, I take it yeah. back. Shut my mouth. And wow. numerous numerous movies were shot there. So yeah, uh, yeah but I don't know. I bought it, but Which it is they then it, touted sorry. on the poster. Yes, Aaron. I gotta yeah. know what what's her relationship with Manson? I didn't hear any about any of this. Manson was uh, Manson was hanging out a lot, playing his songs, trying being to get groovy. Him, yeah. being, yes, being trying groovy. to have a groovy meal. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and and being kind of annoying, basically. Like, basically. Wow. <laughs> but she did say she liked his songs. She thought they were wow. very. Uh, very soulful or spiritual or something. Oh my god! Manson is annoying the way acid in this movie is tripping. Like that's the <laughs> yeah. SAT analogy. Oh god! It did, you know. And the the last movie to ever be shot there at Spun Ranch was the Manson documentary, the Academy oh. Award winning one that I called you, Mike, after seeing and said, I hate all hippies. They're all <laughs> yeah. disgusting. Gross. Because of a scene where one of the family members makes out with a horse. And I was so disgusted oh to God. watch this guy tongue kiss a horse. Just that. Other than that, he was like carving an X in his forehead, <laughs> yeah. shaving himself bald. Yeah. But I did Talking think about, about Charlie's love. Yeah. yeah. I, I did and think about the that horse a lot took it watching, too far. Watching <laughs> Satan Satanist. I mean, you can't help but have a, a Manson vibe around everything. It's 1969. These are scummy, disgusting hippies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I also got uh, Charles Starkweather vibe by way sure. of the, the, the sadist. Yeah. Um, because there's even like that junkyard scene yes. where the murders actually take place. Yeah. Very reminiscent of, I mean, obviously there's a big difference between what our Charles Jr. is doing and what uh, Russ Tamlin is doing yeah. in these two movies. But I couldn't help but feel a slightly similar vibe in terms of the captive nature of what's happening. And yeah. Just bad people fucking with yeah. seemingly nice yeah. people. Oh, boy. That's a good one. That, uh, and that's a that's fucking really masterpiece. Good. Yeah, that's sadist. really good. That's really great. When I that like really knocked me on my ass. I was not prepared for how good that movie was when I yeah, saw. Yeah, that was great. I was like, all right, Ega. <laughs> well, and beautifully shot by uh, Vilmos. Yeah. So, all right, right. Good yeah. looking yeah. movie too. Yeah. yeah, it looks great. So um, then we meet these three uh, young lady campers that do not meet good ends because the sadists discover them. There's uh, some very uncomfortable force feeding. Uh, yeah, that whole bit is just, especially when to his own girlfriend and everything. Yeah. It's just like that stew looks incredibly gnarly. Oh, it's really? Yeah, gross. I mean, I, I can think, why did you bring sandwiches? That looks horrible. Whatever the hell you're eating there. We often like talk about the food in a movie and uh, how they, how often it looks terrible. But uh, like last week, we, we talked about partners. And John Hurt would like cook for Ryan O'Neill. It looked delicious. It looked like the greatest meals you could ever have. Okay, just, I got to rewatch my Blu-ray because I don't remember the food in Partners. Just you talking about stew in Satan Sadist though reminds yeah. me of uh, my my best pal back home, Noel. In high school, we would rent VHS horror movies and stuff, and we got the uh, Joe D'Amato movie Beyond the Darkness. Do you remember that one? Sure. Yeah. Where where it's a completely disgusting yes. movie of, of 
cutting bodies up and every gross thing. But there's a scene where an uh, an old uh, an old woman eats stew and it falls out of her <laughs> mouth. I say, and Noel threw up. It made it. Wow! Like, it made it through everything else in the film. But that literally, that actually did do the barf bag experience. For All right. Do we have time for like a real long digression that's going to make me laugh <laughs> incredibly hard? Sure. Okay. Aaron, because you'd mentioned somebody throwing up in a movie, please tell us your classmates' review of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This has oh. never been on the program. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, yeah, this will, is uh, something, now I'm going to say this. I've known this for 20 years. Every time I think about it, I double over in hysterics. I was, I was, well, this, I was in sixth grade, and a, and a kid named, you know, and I may have, no, I had not seen cult movies yet, because he writes about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is probably 81. This is, yes, it probably was. It was probably that was 81 re-release, yeah. Sixth grade, and a kid named Mike Flynn went. And he came. He came back from a trip. Is this out Kentucky of town. or Jamestown? This is upstate New York. Yeah, Jamestown, okay. New York. He had been out of town, and he said, "I saw while I was out of town." He may have even gone to Texas. I can't remember, but he said, "I saw the <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre," and we were like, "Oh my God, what was it like?" He's like, "Oh, it's, it's, it's the scariest movie I ever saw." He said, it's about all these lumberjacks and they live on this, like they live in the woods and they cut down trees. And there's this guy who's like the king of the lumberjacks and they love him. He's the greatest guy, you know? And he like takes care of them and they're all cutting down trees. And one day they cut down a tree and by mistake, it crushes the guy. It falls on him and they push the tree back to see if it's okay. And he's smushed and you see everything. He's completely smushed and they lose their minds. They go crazy. So they go running into downtown in Texas, like in Dallas, and they just start killing people. And they take this chainsaw and they put it right in this woman's vagina. Like you see it. And it's a blood of her. And so, and then this is the best part. He's telling, and then he says, and in the theater, when they showed the movie, they, they had a fake head, a fake human head on a wire up above the crowd. And I was sitting next to this girl and her boyfriend and the fake head drips blood on the girl. And she looked up to see what it was and saw it was the head and she threw up in the theater. And like on her boyfriend, you, on her boyfriend, and you can imagine where I'm a kid here. I'm like, I have to see this fucking movie. This, is, and so when I finally, like, when I was 13, saw VHS of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I was like, What is this shit? Where's the lumberjacks? Where's, where's, where, where's the the tree that they roll? A, yes, yeah. So, so is there this any completely that, made it up no i was just no, like no 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 completely no. made this nothing up, top to bottom wow yes. i was like if he made it up from another movie anything remotely yes. like that i want to see that movie mike but, flynn oh, wherever mike flynn in wow. jamestown new york is oh. this guy could have been the greatest horror filmmaker of all time <laughs> even shit. even with a gimmick of a floating head on yeah, a, yeah i love that he brings great. the william castle into this story. <laughs> yes where does yes. that come from That's yeah crazy. yeah it was great wow. <laughs> All right, so now back to Satan Satan. Not back to movies that exist. <laughs> so Gina, you know, she's bummed out by the force feeding. She's jealous. She commits suicide, drives off a cliff. Oh, that fucking suicide drive is just like, what is happening? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then yeah, you that get was that. Good. I'd forgotten. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. This is not... This is not a happy, I'm getting away from him moment. This is something yeah. else. Yeah, right. She yeah. wasn't liberated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh... And then, you know, acid is like he he puts what I assume is acid in the girl's coffee. 
And, and it's uh, a lot of like straight liquid acid. Like yeah. it must be incredibly strong. <laughs> no, that would have been like enough for like the entire Manson family for the summer of 69. <laughs> um, and then he starts playing Russian roulette and he loses. <laughs> so ridiculous. And uh, this leads up to two big fights. One with um, uh, Johnny Martin and Firewater. The Rock falls on Firewater. And uh, oh, I'm sorry, Anchor and Firewater fight. Right. I'm sorry. First, so first, Russ Tamblin and Firewater fight, and that fight is fucking awesome. There's yeah. a lot of like fist ovation, foot ovation, just close ups <laughs> of like you're getting the you're just accepting each blow right in your face, and you feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sped up footage looks awesome. It doesn't look. I mean, it looks a little goofy, but that only adds to it. And. Um, of course, he doesn't make sure that Anchor is dead, so we know Anchor's going to come back. And uh, and then Johnny Martin and, and Firewater have it out, and you know there's a little avalanche and some giant rocks kill Firewater, but he's got some last words. He says like, you know, Anchor ain't gonna bother you no more. And then Johnny Martin has the bizarre like crack up kind of where he goes, "Oh Christ, in Vietnam, at least they paid me when I killed someone." Yeah, that was good. <laughs> And, um, oh, I forgot, yes, the throwing of the snake <laughs> onto <laughs> Willie. Willie, is th- Willie gets the snake in the neck from uh, Johnny Classic. Martin. Classic. Poor Willie. Yeah. <laughs> and then anchor uh, Russ Tamlin, of course, reemerges, and they have their showdown. And uh, simultaneously, Johnny Martin throws his switchblade, and Anchor pulls the trigger. Johnny Martin, he just takes one in the side of his stomach, so it's not that bad. But uh, the switchblade an- enters uh, Anchor's neck from an angle it could not possibly have yeah, come no, at him from. Yeah. No. That kills he throws him. It, he throws yes. it like underhand? Underhandedly, like, like, taught, like catch, kind of like, hey, <laughs> yeah. careful. Yeah, that's pretty hilarious when they cut back to Russ and he's got this thing sticking like out right outside of his, side of his neck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the wonderful red paint blood that makes oh, these yeah. movies so much I kind of love I kind of love the red paint blood. It's the best. Personally. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah. Another thing that the world has gotten worse only since they replaced that with realistic blood. Hmm. Um and then they they drive off and uh oh no, uh, Johnny he gets grazed in the neck. That's what it was. It was the neck. It wasn't his gut. He gets grazed. Yeah. In, yeah. It's kind of shoulder. Neck. Yeah. Um and then, uh, yeah, they drive off, and there's some more groovy music, and uh, that's it. And then it ends. This is the way every movie credits. I wish they would do it. With they show the actor with their name yeah. and the name of their character, and that Gr- makes and it very easy to do was. podcasts. <laughs> yeah. But the Clark weird thing was is, anchor. was yeah. So yeah. it's like Russ Tamlin <laughs> was anchor. It's like wow, yeah. he really die. You really yeah, took that knife from the jugular. They all died after this movie. <laughs> that was it. I mean, they're like, we can't top this. We're out. Did you read this? This kind of blew my mind. That, that somewhere online, I read that the budget for this was like I don't know, one hundred twenty-five thousand. Yeah, and it made something like close to two million bucks. Like, yeah. I no, that, it was. Like I mean, it definitely seems like dollars. you know, you read about those movies like Alice Goodbody and things like that made yeah. like the equivalent of a hundred, a hundred million dollars just by playing for years. Yeah, this one made a lot of money. Yeah, the first uh, independent international picture, Sam Sherman and. Uh, Al Adamson put them on the map. So is this, I think it is, but do you guys know, is this 
pre it's 69 so is it pre easy rider or post easy rider good question and i meant to look that I up have but failed I as a podcast host i'm so. guessing post right like i mean you'd think but it, they never he doesn't mention easy rider in the commentary it just feels like they were going for a biker movie so right. it was like not um but now i'm gonna have to look it up because i'm You'd have to think, because I, I would imagine that they just thought Easy Rider was going to be another exploitation movie. movie while it was being yeah, right. made. At least, you know, Al Adamson would have and Sam Sherman. Right. Okay, so it is pre. Uh, Satan pre, Status wow. is listed as June 1969, Easy Rider July 14th, 1969. Wow, but neck wow. and neck there. Yeah, yeah, real close to each other. So... And I'm sure this movie got um, some more traction once Easy Rider came out. You know, sure. Because yeah. you know, I could see people wanting to see it after that, even if they weren't already into just seeing biker movies. You know? Right. Very much, yeah. So, all right. So, CMs all around. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I uh, mean, if nothing else, for Russ Tamlin alone, but right. then the rest is just so... The music, yeah. the snake. Oh, yeah. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> the fire water. <laughs> fire water. Um, so, now let's move on to Nurse Sherry. Uh, I'm going to say CM. I, I rather enjoyed wow. this with many BM elements in it, though. Oof, man. <laughs> I, I got to give this one the BM, I will say. Now, okay, yeah, well, here, was... I have a quick quick question for you guys. Now, sure. did the version you guys watched have the extended sex scenes in it? No! Oh, shit. Okay, I should have I should have gotten you the one that... Because I didn't know... Here's the thing. I didn't know what... Like, okay, so I was told that the original Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray came with a dvd which had the the i guess the extended cut the cut with the sex scenes in right. it and their main version was the theatrical version which doesn't have that i didn't really the sex scenes kind of took me out because they are they're kind of long and they're yes. just out of nowhere and it just takes you out of the movie um and i also felt that they were like kind of grosser and sleazier than roger corman's sex scenes for some reason for sure yeah you know yeah. But um, but that's why I was curious when I was looking at what there was multiple versions. I was like, oh well, that would make a difference, maybe. But well, I guess not, Aaron, because you didn't no. <laughs> without the sex scenes. It was not I had you. seen yeah. this movie before, but I think Shakorama put it out on DVD in the early two thousands, which somebody did. I think it was Shakorama. Okay. Um, and I saw it, and it had the sex scenes in it because we got it at Mister Skin, ah. and um. You know, so I was watching this, and I kept going, wait, hey, what is going on here? I'm, I'm, <laughs> there's a couple of missing parts here, and they're both on Jill Jacobson. Um, and I, let's see. I'm trying to determine, oh, man, it's really close between the two for me. I, that's I might, the, it's, yeah, go ahead. I might be more in Aaron's camp uh, leaning that way, but there's definitely some stuff about it I like, I got to say. I can't totally discount it as full BM. So I will say it's a BM. Know. All right, I'll modify. It's a BM except for some CM components, <laughs> which sure, are specifically the cartoon strobe light jello. Sure, that's fun. And yeah. then the guy's face floating around, the cult leader. What's uh -huh. his, he's with the bizarre name. What's his name? Oh, Rienhauer. Rienhauer. <laughs> so Rienhauer's face. And then the guy, the bald guy who's investigating them or something, like, is he a cop? But then, like, he's a hobo. He's just being <laughs> yeah. driven mad by Rienhauer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so God. I thought that was unique enough, and I love the theremin theme. 
song. What about the gigantic oh. old music that was played? Sorry, I loved the music. Yeah, the oh, music you did? was okay. crazy. Yeah. That was weird though. The theme song, by the way, was um, God, was it a? It's but it, it's a complete ripoff. I kept saying of, it's uh, something that uh, I had heard. Like before. one step beyond, it, Phantom oh. does it on that director's cut album, and and oh. it was. It's either one step beyond. It's not experiment in terror. I think it's from the old one step beyond TV the TV show. show? But wow. but it was weird to me that it was this completely uncredited cover of that, basically. Yeah, it was <laughs> yeah, extremely I loved that. familiar. No, yeah. that's great, and it's a great piece. I no, I loved that. I loved the credits. I loved her lying <laughs> around on a bed in her nurse nurse uniform with the green jello animation over. I her. loved it. And yes. Yeah, that was great. And then it was just so boring. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So this boring. was a challenge, yes. Yeah, it really was. It was but really then once in a while, something nutty would happen, and I was back in, so. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I, this is another one where I listened to some of the Sam Sherman commentary, and he was talking about the Roger Corman nurse movies being an influence, and Carrie being the other influence, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, Carrie. Not, not, not The Exorcist, and he kept referring to Carrie as a possession movie, he was and wrong. I was like, yeah. dude, did you yeah. see Carrie? Because that's not a possession <laughs> yeah. movie, man. Um, but he, he swears by it, he swears that Carrie is the big influence in terms wow. of like where the supernatural elements of the story, and he never mentions The Exorcist, and I'm like, mm, okay. Is that what they called it, it, Sherry? So you'd mix it up with Carrie? <laughs> I, I, guess so. I guess so. Um I mean when she starts going into that freaky voice, it, I mean I thought that was kind of hilarious. hilarious. Yes. Personal. That's what I mean. It, it's a there's enough that if you if you can slog through the slog, Oof. which is a heavy slog, uh I, I had enough uh chuckles along the way that I would say And what about the bumbling scene at the end where they're trying to dispose of the cult leader's body and they're digging it? There's two women trying to dig it up, and it's yeah. like an episode of Three's Company or something. Yeah, it's so it was so silly. Yeah, it's something else, man. Nurse Sherry. <laughs> so, um, so we it opens. We'll kind of walk through here. Uh, there's some desert cult activity something and again none of this made any sense at all so no much more incompetent than satan sadist yes like much more yeah. incoherent and yeah they're chanting rise william rise and apparently so this uh Rienhauer, played by bill roy is their leader and he kills over and dies and they take him to the hospital where these three sexy nurses work and uh one of them is nurse sherry played by jill jacobson the other one is uh, Nurse Tara, played by the great Marilyn Joy. Um, and the last one is uh, Nurse Ruth, played by Catherine Pass, who doesn't have any like worthwhile credits to talk about. Um, but uh, Jill Jacobson, I should say, is, I, I mean, we try not to, you know, be gross here, but she's incredibly beautiful, I thought. This was this was a lovely lady to lay your eyes on as Nurse Sherry. Um but she went on to a very prolific mainstream career. She was in a lot of TV movies and then was a regular on Falcon Crest, yeah, the wow. CBS nighttime soap for a couple wow. of seasons. And then uh, still busy, still doing a lot of TV work. So God bless her. Marilyn Joy, of course, one of the great uh, black exploitation starlets, Hammer Hitman, Mean Mother, Black Samurai, Candy Tangerine Man, Detroit oh, 9000. Okay. And then she was Cleopatra Schwartz in Kentucky Fried Movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, I mean, her other credits are incredible. Ilsa, Harem Keeper of the Oil Sheiks, uh, Cheerleaders, Wild Weekend, Happy Hooker Goes to Washington, and Al Adamson's Uncle Tom's Cabin, a movie I completely forgot existed. 
Yeah, I've never seen they that. might want to be keeping under the radar at this <laughs> exact that's, moment. That's in the box set, I think. Yeah, well, I think it's all his. Is it like all his movies? Yeah, I, so. I think so. Yeah, I've never Master seen it. Collection. You know, I've never even like seen evidence of it except you know online. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then Marilyn Joyce' last movie was called Satan's Princess from 1989, directed by Bert I. Gordon. Mr. Oh, Big. Wow. Mr. Nice. B.I.G. And uh, so what happens is this Rian Howard dies, but his green-yellow cartoon spirit <laughs> yeah. somehow slips into Nurse Sherry's bedroom and possesses her. And A lot starts- like the same effect that Chevy Chase had in the movie Modern Problems. Wow. Remember that? <laughs> I thought of that. Yeah. That's yeah. where you're going. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Man, that's perfect. <laughs> well, there's a movie that's, that's influenced by Carrie. I mean, come on. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yes. That makes that's sense. That's true. And then she's possessed by this Rian Howard. She kills a farmer with a pitchfork. And uh, and then this the, the investigator. Did you guys understand what the investigator guy was doing? Not no. at all. No. no. And he just keeps no, coming back once in a while. And each time his life has gone down a rung. <laughs> at one point they show his apartment and it's a mess there's beer cans and cards everywhere and then everything gets thrown around the room like in beyond the door or patrick and uh and then finally you know um when he's driving he has the vision of rian howard's face yelling at him and he takes out a gun and starts shooting through his own windshield i thought that was awesome and then I the car's that. like careening th- high speed through a construction site and he dives out right at the last minute and the, the crash blows the fuck up out of that car. It's like they really, it's like they overdid it with the pyro on that to our benefit. Um, did, did you, did you ever read the Daniel Klaus comic eight ball? Do you, do you remember he had that thing in there? Like a velvet glove cast in iron. Yes, of course. He yeah. That, he did, yeah. That was like, that was like the guy goes to a movie theater and sees this incoherent exploitation. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I always think of like I always wonder what did Klaus see that inspired that, oh. and this is the kind of movie that I go maybe it was this, you know what I mean? Where, we gotta nothing, ask him, man. I would gotta, love to know. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, well, no exploitation movie was that incoherent, but this is one of those that I go, oh, well, it could have been Nurse Sherry. Who knows? Because <laughs> it is that random and bizarre and stupid. You, you think there's one origin like uh, David Cronenberg seeing Emmanuel in America? I do. Videodrome yes. resulting from that? Yeah. Oh, I, I did not hear that, that story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. So. This is amazing. So uh, David Cronenberg was apparently he was in a hotel and he put on the cable or whatever, you know, the the in-house movies. And they were showing, uh, you know, the insane Emmanuel in America with the Again torture. Joe the Joe D'Amato. His Joe D'Amato. Oh, yeah. Wow. The whore, the woman jacking off a horse. And his thought was like anyone who would watch this as entertainment should be eliminated from society. <laughs> <laughs> and from that moment, he the germ of. Videodrome was born. Wow. Yeah. So we we have to credit Joe D'Amato a little bit for yeah. Videodrome? Oh, yeah. Very wow. Much so. I would That's say directly, crazy. yes. Crazy. Yeah. Hats off to him. And, um, you know, I mean, there's not a lot to write about this movie. Um, oh, another segment I like. When she gets possessed, I thought that was great. With the, It was like the crazy, like, flashback, flash forward, still photos In the green boobs, the sex scenes that were not in the movie, we get to see like (laughs) flashes of them. Uh, Nurse Ruth is getting it on with a patient 
Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's kind of oh, there's also there's the blind football player in the bed. Yeah, I mean, what are we gonna say? I've heard. Uh, have well, you then, heard the story that Al Adamson they were cutting this movie and he and he accidentally dropped it and then they had to just edit every scene back together. <laughs> that's that's a true story. Each individual happened. frame of film. Yes, exactly. <laughs> to be reassembled. Yeah. He was like, "Oops!" And With he just tape. Yeah. frantically taped it up, and that's yeah. the movie. Off we go. So, uh, and then, yeah, she, she, Nurse Sherry ends up in the booby hatch at the end. And uh, I did like the little closing shot of the pulsing jello goes to space with his friends. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch of green oh, jellos in space. The end. <sighs> so, definitely the bottom half of the bill this double yeah. feature week. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> we could run through some other. Uh, not carry ripoffs, but I wrote down some other Exorcist ripoffs of the day for some All thoughts. Right. Possession of Joel Delaney, good movie. Mm-hmm. Perry King, right? Perry King, the disgusting Michael Sarazen, something I talked about with Ben <laughs> on our 70 movies we saw in the 70s podcast. Always creeped out by that guy. Oh, he just creeps you out? Oh, just... yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting, yeah. interesting. He's like the evil, like legitimately unnerving Terry Kaiser. <laughs> like Terry Kaiser is comically menacing. <laughs> Yeah. Wait. So you don't even like him in like Gumball Rally or something where he's totally innocuous. He's tough to. He's tough for me to take. Yeah. It's okay. that mug on him. He creeps Fair me enough. out. Like similar. So they to- shoot horses. They shoot horses is wrecked for you because of Sarah's. It's not. No. 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 That's a great film, obviously. But okay. it's like I. You know, I kind of have to look away from the screen when he's on. <laughs> and. Uh, but I like that movie a lot. That's a really good movie. Um, Abby. Which is oh, a yeah. fun movie. Yeah, and that's uh, Girdler, Girdler, right? William yeah, Girdler. Girdler. Yeah. And that came out. I still have not seen this. I, I want. Ooh, nice. it's, oh, it's, it's very fun. fun. Yeah, yeah you very like good. That. Yeah, that's good. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Came out when I was in kindergarten or first grade, I guess. <laughs> I want no kindergarten. And my friend Melvin said, "You see that movie Abby on the commercial?" He goes, first she's a lady, then she's a devil." <laughs> Wait, so, this is in kindergarten? Kindergarten. Well, there were commercials on kindergarten on TV. conversations. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. right. we were talking about He's... movies. We were always talking, and, and I was into, like, you know, Frankenstein and stuff back then. So that's how Abby came up. You know, uh, an exorcist ripoff I never see mentioned that I saw in VHS in high school and really freaked me out was The Tempter. Did you ever see oh, that one? Yes, Where The she... Antichrist. No. She licks the, the goat's ass and stuff. Yes. I <laughs> yeah. remember it was like in 10th grade, like, Jesus. Yeah. What's it? You weren't expecting that from a... No, that has since become quite the CM, like in oh, the no DVD kidding. age. Yeah, in the oh, 21st okay. century, that's quite the CM. Oh, right. I got I to gotta see. Uh, Maybe the... not that goat ass licking, but I got to see that movie. <laughs> it's it's legitimately scary. Those the, the, the possession scenes are really like weird and surreal. Uh, but the commercial for the Tempter scared the piss out of me in the middle of the night when it came out. That Whatever that was, it was, was like—I mean, it was an early '80s re-release. Well, no, late '70s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the ones like that for me were the Beyond the Door movies. Like I remember seeing the yeah. ads for those Beyond the Door Part Two, yeah. like on the late night right. creature feature, which feature was the next show. one I was going to bring up. '74 Beyond yeah. the Door, very scary. Satan, the Turkish Exorcist, which is wonderful, as all those movies are. Haven't seen it. <laughs> the Sexorcist, aka the Eerie Midnight Horror Show, which is how oh, I yeah. saw it. Right. That was oh, one of the great I... big box VHS releases. Yeah. Oh, did did that come out on Blu-ray? I feel like 
It must have. It must have. I think, I think I got something called the Ear, Eerie Horror Midnight. Eerie Midnight whatever. Horror Show, yeah. Yeah, but I still haven't watched it. I just bought it because I was like, that sounds interesting. What is that? I didn't know it was AKA The Sexorcist. The Sexorcist, yeah. Which I, I saw in high school and I think I liked it. Um, <laughs> I don't really remember, um, but I, I got the big box. Demon Witch Child from 1975, don't know it. Nope. Exorcismo from 1975, also don't know. Know the box and the title and everything, but don't know the movie. Mm-mm. And then uh, House of Exorcism, a.k.a. Lisa and the Devil, with Telly oh, Savalas. Bava. Great one. That's Bava, a good yep. one. Bava. In the, on the marquee in Annie Hall, along with Messiah of Evil, when he goes to wow. L.A. Oh, Messiah of Evil. Talk about a great fucking movie. Yes. I Don't Want to Be Born from 1975, <laughs> a.k.a. Sharon's Baby. Never saw it. Great title, though. Is that with Joan Collins? You know, I don't know. Offhand. Okay, I got to look that up, because... I thought I saw one that was, that was like Caroline Caroline Monroe and, and Joan Collins. Wow. But that might be a different yeah. one. Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. I mean, but I and I just put together Sharon's Baby would have been like a Sharon Tate reference and Rosemary's Baby together. Oh. Yeesh. Yikes. Uh, Kathy's Curse, a movie I wanted to like and thought was pretty boring. I, I love that movie personally, <laughs> but I get I I can't, I can't begrudge anybody that doesn't. I mean, I don't hate it. It's I don't hate it. I wanted to love no. it. No, I get it. Never heard of this from 77. The Possessed features Harrison Ford opened in theaters three weeks before Star Wars. Wow. Don't huh. think I know it. Ruby from 1977 with uh, Piper Laurie. Yeah, never saw never it. Saw Remember that, when yeah. it came out? Know it, but haven't seen it. Yeah. Jennifer from 1978, which I have seen. and That's with the snakes and shit, Yeah, right? the snakes, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, that's interesting. Rather enjoyed it, yeah. Uh, now a, a major Manitou, the Manitou, just oh, fabulous. Fuck. Another William Girdler, <laughs> one of the greats. Amazing yeah. that movie! Holy shit! And then finally from '79, Malabimba, which is terrific. Oh, just it just came out on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, I hadn't even heard of it until Another Vinegar Syndrome. That's coming yep, up a lot yeah, tonight. And, yeah, uh, I haven't. I don't know it. My Busted Guts podcast partner, um, Kat Ellinger, does the commentary on that. Oh, yeah. she's great. She she's is all awesome. over all kinds of commentary yeah. right now. No, I just she's... heard her. Um, speaking of vinegar syndrome, I heard her on one the the killer is one of thirteen, part of that um, uh-huh. lost Spanish Giallo box set, mm. and uh, she does a great job on that commentary too. She's just relentless. She is just amazing. Absolutely yeah. great. And uh, I think that's it, man. I think we have uh, successfully <laughs> analyzed rated T. By an old Danny Peary jury. That's the name of this episode. (laughs) Love that. Okay. So thank you so much, Brian Sauer, Rupert Pupkin Speaks, Pure Cinema Podcast. Brian Uh, Sauer, you are a PR for us. Yes. (laughs) Oh, so good. Your appearance here was H. Yes. (laughs) I was H. Yes. Yes. And also uh, XXX. Yeah. (laughs) We were all nude (laughs) while we were recording. Exactly. So let me know when I'm supposed to say it. So we're going to let our esteemed guests say our sign-off. Crack or get off the pot. Thank you, everybody. So we'll be back next week with um, Paul Fishbein and Danny Wolf, the creator of the Time Warp documentary series about cult movies, So, which is really cool, on VOD now. And uh, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Ben. Talk to you later.